I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is it. The time has come. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davies. You're better than that! On Talk Sport. Welcome to the Fight Night Podcast from TalkSport. I'm Adam Catherall. Pleasure to be in your company. However, if this is the first time that you've come along, you know what to do. Don't be just dipping in and having a listen. Make sure you subscribe. You'll never miss out on any of our Fight Sports content from TalkSport because we dish out a podcast, in fact, several podcasts per week with all the biggest interviews and talking points from the fight game. So hit subscribe on iTunes and you can also subscribe if you need an Android feed uh, via the TalkSport website. Now, there's the T's and C's done. Let's get on with this week's show. If you missed the radio at the weekend, then you missed out on hearing from Liam Williams. He is a man on the cusp of fighting for a world title. Terms agreed for his WBO clash with Demetrius Andrade. We had a little bit of a catch-up about that, but we started the conversation talking about his daughter's birthday. Why not? Listen, great to have you on. Let's talk about the most important stuff first. It's not world titles, my man. I know it's your daughter's birthday today. How hard has it been to stay away from the birthday cake? Mm, I haven't done a great job, to be honest. With you. <laughs> Listen, you've got a few months yet, mate, to work that off and get ready for a world yeah, time fight. You're all right. Man, you can I'm get not, stuck in a bit. I'm in a good place so far, to be honest. You go in, you know, I'm still a good while off, and um, my weight is good, my fitness is good. So I have allowed myself a couple of little treats today. I'll be totally honest with you. Yeah, listen, anybody that is a father of a daughter, they know full well that maybe today for you has been about, what, having your nails painted, wearing the makeup, wearing the princess <laughs> crown. You've got to do it for your daughters, mate. You've got to do it, haven't you, Liam? Yeah, you've got to do what makes them happy, innit? But um, to be honest, I've been out on the quad in the snow most of the day because I bought a, I bought her a quad for her birthday. So um, we've had some perfect weather for her. Like, we've been out having some fun. Sounds good, mate. Reading Sounds though. good. Sounds Yeah, it, does, it is extremely cold, mate. Listen, sounds good, and I'm glad that she's had a wonderful day, uh, and you have as well, my man. Now, let's talk about fights, shall we? Because uh, uh, we're, yeah. we're hearing that uh, terms have been agreed. We're just waiting for a date and obviously uh, a venue, but it's going to be America, we're being told, and April uh, is where we're looking uh, towards. How delighted are you, mate, that it is Andrade that you're fighting for this belt? Because I've, I'll be honest, as I was watching this unfold and this narrative play out, I kind of got a feeling that maybe he'd vacate and that you'd be fighting for a vacant title. I'm kind of delighted that you're fighting the champion for the belt. 
Yeah, exactly, mate. Same as me. Um, I thought that's the way it was going to go, to be honest with you, but I'm really excited that, that it is going to be him because, obviously, you know, he's a three-time world champion. He's unbeaten in 29 fights. Um, you know, and and he's kind of the man which, well, self-claimed he's saying he's the one which is avoided by all the champions. And, this, and I believe to a certain extent he probably is because just because of his awkwardness and, you know, he's not the most uh, fan-friendly kind of fighter. But, um, you know, I, I fully believe his time is up now and, and I'm going to go and dethrone him and take it away from him. What does he do well, Liam? When you watch him fight, what does he do well? It's, he, he does everything well. It's um, he, he doesn't do a, a great deal wrong, to be honest with you, but... Um, I have seen certain things in his work which I can, you know, which I can pick up on, and um, he does get reckless. He, he he runs out of ideas after a couple of rounds. He comes out explosive and seems to fade off, and mm. you know, goes goes to sleep a little bit. Um, there's, a, there's a couple more things, but um, obviously, they want to say too much. <laughs> yeah, keep um, the <laughs> Well, well, yeah, but, Liam, um, the, the, yeah. definitely points where I could, I definitely feel I can pick up on. Mm. We know we know how aggressive you are as a fighter. You are the machine. Is 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 April the seventeenth in Miami? Are those that is that the most likely date and venue at the moment, Liam? Um, I think that's that's why I'm hearing as well, to be honest with you, Gab. But um, who knows? You know, it's like it change, changes day by day, doesn't it? Just um, just to stay focused and and see what they come up with. I'm pretty sure we'll know by Monday, Tuesday latest. Well, but, I'm going to take they, Adam. They are the thing yeah. as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to take Adam into the twilight zone now because he doesn't know this, something that you and I know. Here we go. Uh, you're at home, right? You're at home, yeah? Yeah. Number 96. You are sitting. Number 96. You are sitting. <laughs> can we have the twilight zone music if there is any? You are sitting <laughs> in the home that my mother, who was an orphan, was adopted and grew up in. I think that's right. Isn't is that it? serious? Wow, that's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, that's it right. is true. That Liam, isn't it? Ninety six Jones Street in Clinic. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I knew Adam would be shocked by that. Small, very, <laughs> small very small we, world. We very small. When Liam figured this out herself, you know. <laughs> yeah, it was really. We had a, like an hour's conversation about it. We could not believe it at the time it was just kind of it really was twilight zone stuff well obviously you're at home but your your boxing home is in the ingle gym you seem yeah. so happy there under dominic i saw you wrestling with him the other day he pulled the butterfly guard when you took him down um and he was trying to do some jujitsu on you. you 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 seem really settled and happy and a different fighter at the ingle gym and under dominic ingle mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's really good there. Um, you know, I'm enjoying what I do again. I'm around good people. Dom's Dom's a fantastic trainer. Um, and yeah, it's just it's just a good place to be. Everybody bounces off each other. Got some fantastic talent there. And yeah, I, I just it's definitely the place for me. I'm, I'm happy there. Regarding this fight, you seen... we are... sorry, Gareth, can you carry on if you want? Yeah, yeah, I know. What, what I've I've seen a change in you over the last year. I think a, a maturity as a boxer and as a man. And 
maybe I know you had great self-belief anyway. You know, the, your two losses were against um, Liam Smith, but you seem like a different fighter now. And that when you go in against Andrade, yes, you've got that ability to draw someone um, into a dogfight, but you can do it in an educated way now. Yeah, definitely. I agree with um, the, the last year, maybe 18 months, you know, certainly maybe even two years, but um, I just feel I've matured a lot um, in and out the ring. And um, just I dedicated myself more, you know, just just opened my eyes to a lot of things, to be honest. I, you know, I've realized the talent and ability I've got and... You know, I'm I'm making the most of it now, whereas before I was kind of just just playing around with it a little bit, you know. I'm um, I'm a big fan of um, a little bit of needle uh, between fighters, as you, as you know, Liam. And uh, I've got to be honest, your banter's always been very, very good, but it's getting even better. Social media, you seem to be coming into your own a little bit. And uh, the barbs that you're throwing back and forth uh, to Demetrius, um, uh, uh, you know, it's just starting to heat up now that the fight is uh, is on. Are you enjoying that? Do you enjoy that side of it? Does it help you mm. just keep the fire in the belly a little bit more, you know what I mean, when there's something on it, when there's something a little bit personal uh, connected to the fight? Yeah, definitely. Um, to be honest with you, I love it. It's just, it, it's all it's all a bit of fun mostly, but um, it's just like, just, just kills a bit of time when you're in camp, you're training, you're tired, you're lying in bed, bored. But um, yeah, I just, I just think it's a bit of fun really, you know, but there's nothing better than having a little bit of needle in a fight as well. Keeps you um, keeps you more focused in training, uh, makes, makes you dig in a little bit harder. Now, obviously, if you come through this and become the world champion, there will be a target on your back, and I'm, I'm sure it might be easier, maybe, to to make the super fights that you that you're looking for. Uh, and a name that's always linked with you is Chris Eubank Jr. It's inevitable that you two are going to fight at some point in the future, just with your personalities and the way that everything seems to mix. Yeah, I would say that's that's definitely a fight for down the line. Um, could could even be next after I win the title, you know, but. Um, it just depends if the time is right for both of us. It needs to be a good deal. It needs to be, you know, a lot of things need to be agreed on. But um, I think it's one of them fights which probably will and and should happen in the future. Um, but when, once I have a title, there's obviously so many more options there for me as well. He's in good spirits and hopefully we get that fight made Pronto. Now then, on to Jordan Gill. He's in action next weekend, taking on a very dangerous Mexican in Cesar Juarez. I'm just doing my Gareth uh, A. Davis Mexican impression there. Um, Jordan, though, started the conversation by talking about testing positive for COVID last October. I wanted to know how well he's recovered. Let's check up on your health, because I know at the back end of last year, you uh, you tested positive for COVID, mate. How's everything right now? Is everything Okay. Everything's right as rain. I'm good as gold. I had uh, COVID in uh, October, so it yep. sort of ruled me out for December. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm in good, good spirits. I'm in good health, and I'm fit and ready to fight next week. We, uh, I mean, we've we've seen obviously fighters test positive for COVID, and obviously that certain fights get knocked back because they've not fully recovered. Obviously, that's why the white Povetkin thing's been knocked back. How? How did you get yourself back in to the training regime, mate? And did you when you when you first started? Did you did you see any? long-term effects or short-term effects from, obviously, contracting COVID? 
mainly short-term effects. Uh, everybody in the gym tested positive. There's four of us in the gym. Yeah. Um, me, Dave Colwell, Hopi Price, and uh, Lerone Richards. We all tested positive, and I had the worst symptoms, uh, which is just my luck. But, yeah, I was bad. I was bed-bound. I'd say, I said before, um, if I was probably 20% worse, I might have had to call uh, the, the paramedics for my breathing because it was that bad. But, you know, I, I was knocked out for about 10 to 12 days, uh, got back into training, eased myself in, and it was a very, you know, it was an uphill battle to get fit again. But it, it didn't take me long once I got going, but the first week of training was absolutely horrible. Hmm. Um, well, I'm glad to hear that you're, you're back, mate, and obviously starting a camp. Well, I say starting a camp, well into a camp because you're fighting next weekend um, yeah. in a great fight against uh, Cesar Suarez. I, I know that obviously all the uh, barber shops are currently shut at the moment. Are you struggling, mate? Do you need me to come round and maybe uh, trim that big barn of yours? Or do, you need, do you need looking after? I'll tell you what, you're about a week too late, mate. Um, Has it gone? Very, yeah, it's not completely gone, but it's back to what it was at fight camp. Over half of it has gone. It was it was getting in my eyes. It was all over the place. Uh, but yeah, but I back to where it, what it was at fight camp. So um, it's been it's been trimmed. Good man, looking slick for fight night. That's what we like. Reese, yeah, you heard right. me. Yeah, Reese, you heard me. Um, um, uh, Jordan, you heard me uh, scream to our producer Ed to to keep Adam going with the questions because I'm keeping a very very eagle eye on this Warrington Lara fight at the moment. Um, so just I'm trying to it all unfold. Yeah, I'm try- well, I'm trying yeah. to keep the notes so that when we discuss it in the next segment, I've got all the details here. But I was I was mentioning just before you came on air. If I don't I don't know if you heard it that when you fought Tinoco, the only defeat of your career, you do have to be wary of these Mexicans because any of them can be a banana skin, can't they? Because they come from these incredible backgrounds and they come here to the UK. They know that the sport is vastly covered here and they know they can make a name for themselves. That's right. This is their lottery ticket. And, uh, you know, it's well documented that the Mexican pride and, you know, they, they fight with their heart, they fight with their instinct. Their shot delivery is different to anything we have over here. They, every single one of them punch. Everyone, every single one of them has bricks in their hand. Every single one of them has a great chin. I've boxed two Mexicans. Uh, I'm one on one. You know, I, I stopped the first guy that I boxed mm. in, the, in the third round, and you know, I sort of took it for granted. It was an easier night than expected. I went in with uh, Mario Enrique Tinoco. Um, you know, I cut a few corners. I weren't on it. I was uh, ill from yeah. from making uh, making uh, bad bad food decisions before the fight, and I suffered the consequences you know I got dropped with body shots and um, in the end I got stopped um, in the corner mm-hmm. so you know I wanted that rematch um, but next week we've got a better Mexican yes. and someone that's going to push me um, just as hard if not harder so uh, you know these Mexicans are a tough breed they're a different breed and like you say when they fight British fighters this is their lottery ticket this is their their golden ticket I was going to say, you've got another one on the horizon next weekend in uh, Cesar right. Suarez, and obviously it's I'm Super Bantamweight. It's the best of three. Best of three. Well, so, I was uh, going to say that, mate, because it's uh, Super Bantamweight. He's been, he, he hasn't been in with any mugs, has he? You know what I mean? He's been in with Isaac Dogby, who was world champion. He's been in with Anita Donaire. Would you say, as you look down your resume, is this, is this your toughest test to date, do you think? Yeah, I think so. Um, the only people that have beaten him are top 10 in the world, if not world champions. Mm. Uh, like you said, Isaac Dogbo, he had fight, almost fight of the year, one of the fights of the year with um, that fellow that you mentioned earlier, uh, Nanita Donaire, who's mm. you know, a Hall of Fame fighter. Mm. So it's going to be a tough night. He's, he's heavy-handed, he's relentless, um, he's tough. 
And um, if he does get dropped, he gets back up and he gives everyone a hard night. So this is a great test. This is a, it's a good fight to get me onto that world scene. Um, and every, like I said, everyone that beats him goes on to fight for world titles or become world champions. So I see him as a gatekeeper. And if I get past him, and I yeah. think I'm well above British and, and past European level as well. You're past British, mate. I mean, like you say, you've done Cunningham, Doyle, my boy Bellotti, as you know, mate. You, I think you're past yeah. British now. This is you're on that cusp now, aren't you? And it's a big, it's a big one next weekend uh, against Caesar Suarez. Just before Gareth uh, obviously gets you a question here, mate. I just want to quickly ask you. Um, you were involved in, I think it was the first one, wasn't it, in Eddie's back garden against Reese? Um, yeah, the first uh, one, be- yeah, behind closed doors and all that type of thing. What's it like fighting without the fans in the arena? It's completely different. It's more like. Uh, glorified sparring session uh, there's nothing to get you get you going get you g'd yeah. up but you have to do it and you, you have to get yourself up it's, it's more of a mental game than anything because you know when the chips are down if you had a hard round then it's down to you to g yourself up and it, there's nothing no crowd to do it for you well, tonight, it's, there's no sparring session going on between Warrington and Lara tonight. It's an absolute war. And you know what? Warrington is starting to make dents in Lara and slowing him down. He nearly got the guy to fall over with exhaustion just now. I'm the arch digressor tonight. Have you heard, Jordan, because talking about your hair, right? I loved your hair during lockdown, yeah? I'm really disappointed that it's been shorn in half. Have you ever heard of the fabulous furry freak brothers? No, I've not. What? Well, the fabulous furry freak brothers, yeah? It's an underground comic. I used to read it years ago Mm. about a fictional trio of stoner characters created by the American artist Gilbert Shelton. Go and have a look. I don't think that's Jordan. When Jordan Jordan was on the bounce with his hair, and I genuinely loved... I love hair. You know that. Um, I I, I can't mention hair when Adam's around, of course. But... (laughs) But go and look at the fabulous furry freak brothers and grow that back, my brother. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a look. But, I, uh, but you'll be pleased to know, Gareth, that it's not completely gone. When Good I cut it, it, it's not, it's not completely gone. It's just Good. back to what it was at fight camp. So it's still, still funky and uh, it's still, still bouncy enough for you. Good man. You, so, nice. so, so, so on the on the ring walk, we're fully expecting a moonwalk uh, as you normally do, mate. Because obviously you've got the dance moves. Are we still doing the thriller? What we're doing for the uh, ring walk music? Of uh, we we might have thriller. I've still not decided, but yeah. we might put it to a poll on Twitter. Good man. Um, but I've had a few people ask me to come up with one uh, sparkly glove and one normal glove uh, in tribute. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant absolutely Listen, brilliant I'm looking forward to it mate this is a cracking fight it's a real test I know that you will have uh, not uh, turned up you'll have turned over all the stones uh, in the in the gym mate and done the work so well, we're looking forward to the seeing old you school now we get two weeks notice for these kind of fights so we've got yes. that old school mentality we're going in two weeks notice let's have it that's Time it the fight is now he's gone Rocky full Rocky Balboa top man Now, whilst we were talking to Jordan Gill, there was a fight going on in the background. Josh Warrington uh, taking on Maurizio Lara. And as you know now, Josh Warrington lost that fight. He was badly knocked out in the ninth round. I had my own personal thoughts on when that fight should have been stopped. There's no point in me explaining it now. You might as well listen to me in real time. Lose my mind. Here we go. Josh Warrington has just been stopped, knocked out by Maurizio Lara. In the ninth, I think it was the ninth round, Gareth, as I was watching it. It was, it was the ninth, Adam. I cannot believe that that fight went that long. 
I cannot believe it. I cannot believe it from a refereeing point of view, the corner point of view. That man, Josh Warrington, was badly hurt in the fourth round. Badly hurt in the fourth round. For him, for that stop, fight not to be stopped at that point by Howard Foster, is for me, is an absolute disgrace. I get that Josh Warrington is a warrior. I get that Josh Warrington is a world champion that's just chucked his belt in the bin. His health is far more important than any zero. To allow that fight to then continue to the stage where we find ourselves, him near enough being stretched out of this ring, I think is an absolute disgrace. He should, that fight should have been stopped well, well before. I don't care who he's fighting. I don't care that it's a massive upset. He should have been pulled out of that fight because he wasn't at it this evening. And, oh, man, it makes me angry when I see stuff like that. I don't know about you. I know that we're on the radio, so therefore we might not have been paying full attention to everything. But from what I saw there, he should have been pulled out well before that violent knockout. Well, as you can tell, what my, I said to, to our producer, Ed Huntley, you know, keep Adam going with the Jordan Gill questions in the last um, segment because I was, you know, making notes here, Adam, about this fight because one of us really needed to watch this closely. As you say, he was so badly hurt in the fourth round. He just managed to get to the end of that round, staggering back to his corner in the fourth round. He's in the corner now with his, with his father, Sean, his trainer, um, over him. He's on his stool. He seems okay, but like you say... I think, you know, Foster could have stopped the fight in the fourth, but he's the home fighter. They wanted him to succeed. They wanted him to come through. But Gareth, he's hurt. He's out on his feet in the fourth round, mate. He's out. Yeah, yeah, he was. And and let's just hope that there aren't serious repercussions for 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 the next 15 minutes of fighting that he took part in. He took a shellacking, by the way. At the uh, in, in in the culmination in the, in the denouement of the fight, he took you know six seven shots to the head, um, a right cross, a left hook, uh, another left hook, 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 a body shot, and then a massive left hook that floored him at the end of the fight, and he went straight back and was prostrate prostrate on the ground, and he wasn't getting up. Um, huge left hook to knock him out. I mean, it will have taken so much out of him, and that ambition now to fight with, I mean, God, it's backfired on him so badly. And that, that ambition to fight the other world, the divisions, other featherweight divisions, world champions, Gary Russell Jr., Kanshu, Emmanuel Navarrete. Um, you know, I tell you one person who, when he wakes up in the morning, because he's asleep already, uh, Kid Galahad, who was the mandatory to challenge him, he'll be grinning from ear to ear tomorrow with, with a certain dose of schadenfreude because that's the guy that, that Warrington should have been fighting. If he hadn't canned, if he hadn't vacated the International Boxing Federation featherweight belt. I, can, I honestly, got, yeah, listen, everything you've just said is bang on. I cannot believe what I've just seen, what I've just seen there. First and foremost, from a performance point of view, Josh looked flat from the very first moment. After about 30 seconds, I thought, why is he fighting this style of fight? You know that this guy's been given an opportunity. He's heavy-handed. Just run rings around him for a bit and then maybe at the back end of the fight, start putting your foot down and showing, showing your class. He wanted to absolutely trade, bang and, and, and throw bombs with the uh, extremely heavy hitter from the very first moment. And as I said there in the fourth round, he got c- clipped clean on the chin. He went down, he got up and he was taking clean, heavy shots. And Howard Foster just stood there and let it crack on. And he, listen, he was coming towards the end of the round and in the, the bell saved him. There's no doubt about that. Howard Foster has to carry him to his corner. Has to carry him. He knows full well that he's out. The fight should have been called there and then. I can't believe what I've witnessed. We've had well, terrible well, judging this Foster. evening. 
and terrible refereeing, in my opinion. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, well, Howard Foster's having a chat to Josh Warrington at the moment. And um, look, I, what I will say is this. Um, Warrington is so brilliantly conditioned. He managed to get through another five rounds. He did, um, I think, start to fatigue. Uh, I mean, they, I do say, they recklessly traded leather from the very beginning of the fight. And I was thinking, even in that first round, as you say, wow, Josh has been caught a lot here. He's been inactive for 15 months. Now, that is a very, very long time out. He's just suffered his first loss in his 31st fight when he was hoping, Eddie Hearn is walking out with him now, his promoter. You know, this is a horrible miscalculation on, on their parts because... You know, you know what? Boxing's like snakes and ladders at that level. He's got to have a rebuilding fight and then he's got to kind of renew his ambitions. He's a very spirited, a very tough man, as we know, and he will come back from this. There's no doubt about that. But this was a banana skin and that was a massive slip up. Huge slip up. And obviously in the in the build up to this fight... Uh, Josh Warrington threw his belt in the bin in the hope that he would come through Maurizio Lara, a fight that he didn't necessarily really want. He wanted to come through that and then move on, as as Gareth has been saying there, to uh, to the bigger fights. He has left himself in a real horrible position right now. He's no belt. He obviously hasn't lost it this evening, but he's not. He's no belt. He's just been beaten by a guy that kind of bought a ranking um, with the IBF. And there's no chance whatsoever that he's going to be moving on now to be fighting the likes of... Zhukan or Gary Russell Jr. What does he do now? Because as you've just said, his IBF vacant title that he threw in the bin, he's being fought by Kid Gal. I had a guest that's going to come on the show very shortly. Gareth caught up with him a little earlier on this evening. Uh, and Jazza Dickens, I have, I'm, I'm lost for words, Gareth. I'm watching this now and I'm absolutely lost for words with, uh, with, with what I've just seen um, in, the, in the ring this evening. I don't really know what to say. I don't really know where to point Josh towards next after, after witnessing what I've just witnessed. Well, if we if we get the um, they're doing the post fight interview at the moment with um, um, Mauricio Lara. Obviously, I can't um, hear it because we're we're on air and I can't put the volume up um, on the monitor here. But the, the 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 if we get to hear from Josh Warrington, I do hope uh, our producer Ed Huntley can send us over, uh, the, or we can hear the, or our listeners can hear the the comments that Josh makes if he does get a chance to speak to uh, Sky Sports uh, on the microphone. Um, when he's feeling a little bit better. I mean, look, do you remember that feeling? If we'd been there tonight, um, I think that's the most vicious fight, apart from Dillian White, Alexander Povetkin, I think that's the most vicious fight that I've seen during lockdown with no crowd. That it was like there was, a, imagine the noise just then, if there were 15,000 uh, supporters um, at Ellen Road. Imagine if there'd been 20,000 supporters in there. It might have made a difference to Josh Warrington as well, you know, Adam. It, and, you know, remember the night we were in um, Madison Square Garden when Anthony Joshua was knocked out by Andy Ruiz? We get these unexpected things in boxing. There's always drama. Everyone's got a puncher's chance. And as we've been saying all the way through the show tonight in the build-up to this fight, um, these Mexicans and Jordan Gill, who's lost to a Mexican himself, Tinoco, um, you know, the only defeat of his career. They come here because it's their lottery ticket. It's their chance to make a name for themselves. Now, Mauricio Lara goes away from this and any of those other three world champions, 
might be saying, yeah, I fancy a go with this guy. Or he's thinking, I want to go against one of those guys. So it's a very tough moment for um, Josh Warrington. And I think they've made a mistake by vacating the belt in some ways. Kid Galahad, I think hopefully we're going to hear from him next. Obviously, I did it earlier tonight with him and spoke to him because he goes to bed early in Mm -hmm. the evening. And and that's what he does. He goes to bed at nine o'clock. He's told me in this interview that he thinks that Kid Galahad was running... Uh, he thinks that Josh Warrington was running away from him, didn't want to fight him a second time. The excuse is that it was a boring fight. It was a split decision, remember, um, that, that he feared losing to him in the second fight. But, you know, poor old Josh Warrington tonight vacated the belt, as you say, and now he's got to climb the ladder again in this dangerous game uh, uh, at the end of elite boxing um, where, where it really is snakes and ladders. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There you go. Angry little boy, aren't I? I'm sure there will be uh, repercussions off the back of some shocking judging and, in my opinion, some bad refereeing as well. Um, hopefully we don't get to see that in the upcoming fights this week. Um, now, one man that has uh, got a hell of a fight on his hands against former world champion Maurice Hooker is Virgil Ortiz. You will have heard us speaking about him on several occasions on the show. Highly touted prospect. Works for Golden Boy and Oscar De La Hoya. If he comes through the Maurice Hooker fight, there's rumours that he might even be fighting Terence Crawford. We'll get more on that later on, as you're going to hear from Bob Arum. But let's hear from Virgil Ortiz as he caught up with Gareth A. Davis throughout the week. How did you first know you had this? I mean, there's multiple um, answers to that. You know, my dad would probably tell you um, he in my first sparring, you know, he saw that that I had it as a little kid, that I just had that that natural instinct to, to fight, you know, as a five-year-old. Another time he would tell you was in the Junior Olympics, I, I fought this kid that I wasn't supposed to beat. 
and I, I beat him. I, I showed out that day and I did really good that day. But if I if I had to answer that question, I think that it would be maybe like the years of 2015, 2016. You know, I, I fought uh, against grown men at that time. You know, I was like 17, turning 18. And I was still knocking them out. I, I was still outclassing everyone. And then I was I was starting to see like the, the levels, the differences between me and them. Deeper beyond that, further in Virgil Ortiz's DNA, is there that Mexican warrior deep in your soul as well that you feel that when you're in half sleep, you can go back and it's 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 in those hundreds of years of thousands of years of DNA. Do you feel that? Honestly, yeah, I was actually thinking about it last night. I do feel it. I do feel like I have that, that Aztec warrior inside me. There you go. And, uh, there you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I was actually thinking about it last night. I I really do feel that I have that, you know, and I feel like uh, that's where I get my ferociousness from, from my power and, and all that stuff. It's it's from the the Aztecs back in Mexico. And yet, I hear you're a guy who will go and play guitar and piano, maybe for twelve, fifteen hours a week as well. Yeah, yeah, that's what I like to do. Um, Music, uh, guitar, you know, it's it's uh, it's just another outlet for me, and it, it lets off uh, some some steam. Um, I I can express myself in in a different way, not just through boxing or whatever. And yeah, that's what I like to do. What I worry about for you every time you go to the gym, every time you have a fight, do you not worry about your fingers for playing the piano and the guitar? No, I mean honestly, I do feel like maybe like maybe through some of the small injuries I've got throughout my amateur and pro career that I'm, I'm a bit limited to what I can do with the guitar or the piano, but honestly, I, I make it work. You know, I see these videos of these four-year-olds playing the piano, you know, they, they can't make that stretch with their small hands, but they still find a way to do it. So I don't have an excuse at this point. <laughs> What's your musicality? What are the, what are the, um, fields that you like what's the type of music you like both with piano and guitar basically everything to be honest um I mean obviously I like to play you know like heavy metal and all that so that's that's my that's my area right there that's that's what I like to listen to I like to listen to pop songs and I'll try to turn it into like a a guitar only I try to do the vocals and I try to do the bass only on the guitar I'll do the exact same thing with the piano just uh stuff like that and um uh, I'll turn piano songs that I already know how to play on the piano and I'll transcribe it to a guitar so I can see what it sounds like on the guitar. I do, I, do, I mix and match a lot. Back in Black ACDC must be one of the ones that you like, surely, that album. Yeah, that, that was one of the first songs that I tried to learn, to be honest. And how are you with it? I just need to get the solo down and that's pretty much it. I know the rest of the song. When you claim the world title and the fight's over and your hands are raised, can we get your gloves off? Can we get a guitar? You know what the Gypsy King does? He sings Bye Bye American Pie and sings these songs in the ring. Can we get a guitar into the ring for Virgil Ortiz to play a little bit, bit of guitar? Come on. That would bring the house down, brother. Yeah, man, that, that would actually be a... That's actually a really good idea. I never even thought about it. <laughs> I think that would be amazing, though, Virgil, wouldn't it? It would be, like, to be able to show what you can do mano a mano, and then to be able to show what you can do con los, los manos with a guitar would be just extraordinary. Yeah, I, I think that's actually a really good idea. I'd have to look into that. 
Look, you're 16 and 0, 16 knockouts, isn't it? Or 16 stoppages. Maurice Hooker is, I think it's fair to say, you may not think this, but, you know, in terms of the standards of the way we cover things, it's like a step up, isn't it? He's held a world title. Um, how important is this mo moment in your career, age 22, with this unblemished record, to go in there and prove that you can go 12 rounds? He's long, he's got a good jab. How important is this moment for you? And do you have to use a different kind of focus as you reach this moment in your career? The, this moment is uh, very important in my career. I would say that this is uh, going to be the hardest fight in my career. It's going to be the most meaningful it's going to be the fight that opens up all the doors to, to the world title opportunities like I've always wanted. It's a really good step up fight. No one can really give an excuse that I haven't fought anyone in their prime or that hasn't been a world champion because Marie Sucker is all those guys. And, uh, you know, he's there to fight. He's not there to lose. You know, he wants he still wants to prove that uh, he can still get a world title at 147. And uh, I'm here to prove that I belong in the, the top fighters in 147 I, I'm, I'm already a top 10 in some people's list and uh I'm, I'm gonna show people what I'm capable of Hooker I think I'm right in saying is is is, is he's got long punches and they're quite direct how important is it to show and you've you have already many times to show that movement from the waist and the angles that you create both from the waist and with your feet because making angles on this guy is surely the way to beat him yeah, um, it's it's very important. I'm not only to show the fans what I got, but not to get hit. You know, that's that's the main point of boxing: to hit and not get hit. Yeah, everyone knows how I fight. I like to uh, come forward and uh, give my shots, but people really don't know that I can also not get hit pretty good too. And uh, I mean, people are gonna see. You know, if uh, I'm I'm gonna really try to show my ability of uh, my defense in that fight. Robert Garcia's Jim. Yeah, I'm right in thinking that is Lucas Matisse still there? I was training with him when um, when I was at Howell's uh, camp. But he's been a useful guy to be around. So oh, too yeah. Jose Ramirez. When Josh Taylor goes into the ring with Jose Ramirez for the undisputed title, are those belts coming back to Scotland or are they staying over there? Oh, they're staying over here. I mean it, you know, he's uh, Jose, he works too hard, he hits hard, um, he's going to outwork them. Only Gareth A. Davis can have a conversation about guitars, boxing, ring walks and celebrations, just all in the space of what were that? Six, seven minutes? Unbelievable. That's why he's the best of the best. Uh, now then, he mentioned there, did Gareth, there was a potential of Virgil Ortiz going on to fight Terence Crawford. One man that can make that fight happen is Bob Arum. We caught up with him um, on Saturday night to talk about the potential of that fight. But first, we had to talk about the disappointment of the light heavyweight contest that was due on Saturday night, falling off because of COVID. Great to have you on. Obviously, it's disappointing um, because we were all looking forward to a fantastic light heavyweight uh, title fight this evening between Joe Smith Jr. and uh, Maxim Vlasov. Vlasov obviously testing positive for COVID, as I just said. Um, is it too early to start thinking and talking about rescheduled dates? Have you, are you already working with your team to think about when you can get that fight on? We sure are. We're going to get it done. The earliest possible date for us was March is... Uh, a downer because 
we have all these college basketball uh, tournaments, the big March Madness. So we're looking early April. Uh, we'll announce it soon, but definitely uh, that's a priority for us to reschedule the bout. Well, that's good to hear because it's a great fight. We're all looking forward to it. Just, just on that, Bob, obviously, in these crazy times that we're living in, how difficult is it, from your point of view, to be scheduling these fights, mainly with travel restrictions? We're here in the UK, obviously, just experiencing some new travel restrictions where people have got to come into hotel situations when they enter the country. I know that there's various countries that are on the ban list going into America. What extra... Um, things do you have to consider when you're when you're putting fights like this, Joe Smith Jr. and Maxim Vlasov, when people are traveling across the world? What other things have you got to consider when you're putting the fight together? Well, you got to you 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 know that there's a big possibility that one or more fights on the card are going to fall out because of this COVID, and you know nothing the fighters could do to prevent it, nothing we can do, and so you got to. Really, like this card, uh, it would have been devastating uh, if we had nothing underneath. Uh, uh, mm. But we did. Uh, we had uh, Comey uh, with Marinas, which is a really good, good lightweight match. Uh, we have Jared Anderson and uh, eBay. You know, Anderson is the coming uh, future for heavyweight boxing in the United States. eBay is a step up. We'll see how he does. And then we have Jason Sanders, Sanchez and Adam Lopez, two top featherweights. So the card is still pretty good. Mm-hmm. But again, uh, you lose your main event. The only bright side is there's no tickets to be refunded. Yeah. Because we do it without spectators. Bob, um, you mentioned Jared Anderson, this up-and-coming 7-0 heavyweight. I'm on the heavyweights. Uh, uh, Funny words coming out from Eddie Hearn this week with him saying that Bob Aaron's been on the phone to me and told me not to talk about the AJ Fury fight at the moment because he's giving interviews all the time. But I've got to ask you, is it progressing nicely? We know contracts have come back and forth. Are we still moving forward for the fight? Look, I told Eddie to please, and it's very, very hard for Eddie to shut up. I told him, <laughs> uh, let's get this over the line. Let's get this done, and then we'll make a joint announcement. But to stop Eddie is like stopping a raging river. You know, he can't keep his mouth shut. All I'll, well, say, uh, all I'll <laughs> say about what's happening is that both Matchroom side and our side, which includes uh, Queensberry uh, and uh, Robert Davis, the attorney for Tyson, uh, it has been the negotiations have been pleasant. Uh, it's proceeding like every big fight does. Uh, we make changes, they accept some, they send it back, back and forth. And all I can say is that the issues are gradually dwindling. That's what you want to do in this type of a situation. You want to sink, you want to diminish the number of issues. 
And now the number of issues is less than a handful. So I am very optimistic that this is going to go over the line. Mm-hmm. I, when I was talking to Adam about the fact that I'd caught up with you yesterday or the day before on, on this very fact, it is like um, a conglomeration of companies all coming together, isn't it? It's like the merger of a massive company, and it doesn't happen overnight, does it? And people expect it just to be signed, and it's much more complex than that. Yeah, that's right, because each side uh, has good lawyers. We have a number of them because we have a number of entities in the, our side of negotiation. As I said, uh, Fury uh, representative, uh, Queensberry and their lawyer, and top rank and myself and our lawyer, that's on one side. We've cooperated splendidly, got the replies back to Matchroom. And with, on Matchroom's side, they got an excellent lawyer, Sean Palmer, who's, who replies quickly uh, to our comments. And everybody is doing what they're supposed to do to narrow the issues and get this done. And therefore, I'm very optimistic. Excellent stuff. That sounds really good, Bob. Um, I just want to ask you, I mean, you mentioned a moment or two ago, one of the best things, I suppose, or the, the positive thing to come out of Joe Smith and Maxim Vlasov falling off this evening is there's no ticket refunds. But I noticed this week that Madison Square Garden in New York are welcoming fans back for basketball and various other things. I know that that's a venue that you've put on some wonderful events in down the years. Are, are you looking at maybe putting some events on there in the not too distant future to be able to allow fans to attend some of your events? Absolutely. I mean, you know, New York has always been a mecca for boxing. Madison Square Garden is where I first got my start. start. Mm. Uh, you know, I look at it as a home base and we've been talking to the garden and uh, this spring, we expect to do one or more events in Madison Square Garden. Absolutely. So with that in mind, if, if I may, obviously we've got a situation with Tiafimo Lopez at the moment. He's obviously a New Yorker. Is, uh, is, is uh, that a fight that you would be looking to put towards Madison Square Garden or is that going somewhere else? Well, that's a possibility. Tiafimo Lopez, Shakur Stevenson's from New Jersey across the river from New York. He could be a main event. This kid, Berlanga, who yeah. knocks everybody out in the first round, is a massive attraction in New York. So, again, whoever we put in there, uh, New York has uh, a plethora of boxing fans. It's a great boxing venue. And we hope to have in the spring, as I said, at least one but maybe more events in Madison Square Garden. Excellent. Uh, Bob, the... Um... One of your fighters, one friend of the show, he's, he's given us some wonderful interviews, Jamel Herring, who, of course, um, was uh, postponed twice last year. He was in camp for five months because of COVID testing and didn't manage to, to get out until eventually uh, he did last year. He's on his way over here for a fight with Carl Frampton. I spoke to Jamel in the week. Um, that's a massive fight for one of your guys against this guy, Carl Frampton, who is looking to become the only Irishman to win belts in a third weight division, obviously at uh, Super Feather. Um, uh, I think it's February the 27th. I keep forgetting the date tonight. Yeah. But um, yeah. 
that that's a dangerous fight for Jamel coming over here with Frampton in probably what is his last chance to win a world title. Well, uh, you know, uh, it's true. Jamal Herring, the fighting Marine, is a compatriot of mine, and we promote him. But we also promote promote Carl Frampton, mm. and we're very close to go. So we'll have both of our guys in the battle fighting each other. So the best man will win, as they say. Bob, you've been around years and years, over 50 years in the sport, and I know your top rank celebrating, I think it's 55th anniversary coming up. Um, very soon. Um, what have been? Your, we were discussing in the last segment this fallout between Mark Breland and Deontay Wilder, and the things that are going back and forth and being said. And a lot of people saying that Deontay Wilder's comments recently make him sound like a, a, a broken fighter. What's your take on that? Deontay Wilder has been spoiled by our former president Donald Trump who says you can say any lie or any preposterous thing, and maybe some people out there believe it. And in Trump's case, they believed it and stormed the Capitol. Uh, Deontay Wilder, again, irresponsible what he's saying, totally, whether it's about Tyson Fury or about Mark Breland, uh, you know, a tremendous guy. Uh, he's not, Deontay Wilder is not making any sense. But, hey, if the former president who served for four years doesn't make sense, I mean, Deontay Wilder is just another Trumpian. Mm. Um, Bob, if I, if I may ask you, because I've seen pictures of you recently spending a bit of time with uh, Oscar De La Hoya. It looks like that relationship's getting stronger and stronger. I'm assuming that uh, over dinner, when you're, when you're waxing lyrical about various things, you talk about potential fights that you can make between top rank and, uh, and golden boy. And there's hot rumours that... Maybe you're looking at a Terence Crawford-Virgil Ortiz fight. How much truth is in that? Well, Virgil Ortiz has a tough fight uh, coming up in Texas uh, against Maurice Hooker. That's an excellent fight. If Virgil uh, Ortiz looks good in that fight and Oscar feels that he's ready uh, to take on uh, an elite talent like Terence Crawford, why not? I mean, I've enjoyed throughout the years working with Oscar. First, when he we promoted him, and secondly, uh, uh, when we do cards together with Golden Boy. So I would love to do this fight, but we can't put uh, our, the cart before the horse. I mean, Virgil Ortiz has a very tough fight with Maurice Hooker. I remember a year or two years ago, when uh, Jose Ramirez, who fights for us, fought Hooker. And that was a tough fight until Ramirez knocked Hooker out. So let's see. Let's take a look at it. And just on that, I just want to ask you about Ramirez. Taylor, how far down the line? I know that there's been bits of back and forwards about dates. We're here in May 22nd. Are you thinking Vegas? I mean, I mentioned New York earlier on. Are you thinking New York? What are you thinking for the Ramirez-Taylor no, Taylor fight? No, I, 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 I really think as um, or the fight's going to be in the United States, but because Ramirez is so popular as a Mexican American, you know, he's, you got to Jose, you probably don't know, has been a real activist for social change uh, in California, particularly uh, in the central Valley where he comes from 
which is our big agricultural area. Mm -hmm. So he has a tremendous following. So I would think, because I don't know uh, how quick California is going to open to spectators, but I've talked with the governor of Nevada, and he believes, you know, anything can change, that by May 1st, we'll be opening these venues to 50 or 60 percent occupancy. And if that is the case, I would love to do uh, Ramirez and Taylor in Las Vegas, either at the MGM Grand or the uh, T-Mobile Arena. I think it would be a big, big attraction. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And hopefully the uh, travel restrictions are uh, lifted as well, so therefore British fight fans can come over and en- enjoy that one because it should be an absolute cracking fight. I, I, I really hope so because, you know, the, the, we got to be optimistic because I don't know, you know, I'm not a doctor, obviously, mm-hmm. about this COVID, but I know that the more people that get vaccinated, fully vaccinated, and I get my second shot uh, this coming Tuesday, More people who are vaccinated are people who feel free to travel. They're not as reluctant as they are now. For example, I haven't been on a commercial airline flight uh, since March of last year Mm -hmm. because of the COVID. I haven't been in a restaurant since then because I'm obviously at my age. I'm concerned about the possibility of uh, of getting COVID. But once I'm vaccinated, a lot of that pressure will come off. And so I think uh, by sometime in May, a huge number of Brits will have been vaccinated, not only older people like myself, but people in the general population uh, will have, a lot of them will have been vaccinated. There you go. Bob Aram, optimistic that we might be able to get fans in a fight involving Josh Taylor and Jose Ramirez some point in May. Fingers crossed there. Fingers crossed indeed. Uh, Now, one man that's going to get an opportunity to fight for a world title very, very soon is Kid Galahad. Apt that we had him on the show on Saturday evening uh, as Josh Warrington was fighting his old adversary. Now, this interview took place before Josh Warrington fought. Otherwise, I'm sure there would have been even more fireworks than you're about to hear. Here's Kid Galahad catching up with Gareth. Tonight, this is a significant night because um, Josh Warrington would have been defending the IBF title. It might have been to you, but obviously that belt's now kind of placed vacant. Yourself and Jazza Dickens are going to fight for the belt. Um, When's that going to be? Have you got a date yet? Not yet, Gareth. Well, they've got to the... uh, MTK obviously won the pace bid, so they've got till... I think it's this Thursday what's coming, which is the 19th, I think it is. And, you know, it's all got to be signed, sealed, everything, and sent to the IBF or they lose the fight. So I'm just waiting for the, you know, I'm waiting for them just to give us send us the contract. Listen, it can't be before 28 days and it can't be after 90 days. So it has to happen before the last week of April. So that's when you're expecting the fight to take place, sometime in the last week of April, yeah? No, it has to happen before then. So that's the deadline is last week, April. That's the last night, the day of the 90 days. And where are you expecting it to be? Have you got any indication of that at the moment? 
nothing yet, Gareth. They haven't said where, what, nothing at all, mate. Nothing at all. Listen, it doesn't matter. It's a fight, in it? And look, you know, I've been waiting for this title shot for a very long time and I'm not going to let it slip out of my hands, you know. Uh, I'm going to bring my own judge, jury and executioner to the fight. What does it mean to you to fight this guy? I think he was 16-0 when you beat him earlier in your career as well. You took his undefeated record at the time and he's a very ambitious fighter again. How do you see this fight with, with Jazza Dickens going? Listen, the thing with Jazza is his game, Gareth. Um, put it this way, Gareth. He's a man that I've already beaten and he stepped up and boxed me. Josh Warrington vacated the title. Yeah, he might have won the fight that night, but I know in his head he knows he didn't win the fight, you know, and that's why he vacated the title. So you've got to give Jazza every credit, aren't you? He's a real old-school throwback fighter. Look, look who he's been in the ring with, you know. I, I, I knew he was going to fight me because he boxed me when he didn't have to box me, you know, early on in his career, and then he went on to fight Ragon Dow who at the time no one wanted to fight. Everyone was avoiding him. And the only person who stepped up from England was Jazza Dickens. And he went in there, you know, and the fight went how it went. But it doesn't matter, you know, he's, he is a very old school throwback fight where he is gutsy and he will get in there and fight anyone. He don't care, you know, win, lose or joy. He's going in there and he's game. He's not going there just to lie down. He's going there to win. Do you think it will come around again that you do face Josh Warrington again somewhere... Because he was saying last week when we interviewed with him that I don't want another fight with boring... Did you, did you see his quotes? I don't want another boring fight with Kid Galahad or a boring trilogy with Kid yeah. Galahad. Well, Gareth, the thing is, how many exciting fights has he been in? Oh, well, a few. I mean, I think Frampton was a very exciting fight. Okay, name me a few. The Lee Feldy fight was, was exciting as well. Oh, but yeah, that wasn't exciting. That was nothing exciting about that fight. It was nothing, you know. It, it was, was just... a great night at Ellen Road, kid. It really was. It was a great night. But the atmosphere might have been good, Gareth. But the fight was crap, and that's the truth in it, Gareth. The only exciting fight he's ever had in his whole career was against a washed-up Frampton who's been battered. Like Frampton actually said in the interview, he fell out of love of boxing, and all he did was beat a guy who didn't actually want to be in the ring. And that's the truth in it, Gareth. Other than that, what's he done? What exciting fights have he been in? He's never been in no exciting fight, Gareth. He can't crack a neck. You know, all of a sudden, he thinks he's Mike Tyson. He thinks he's Mike Tyson and uh, Conor McGregor rolled into one. You know, I don't know. I don't know who's been blowing smoke up his ass. But, you know, um, I don't know. I don't know. I just think he thinks he's... The thing is, Gareth, in this game, nothing's, nothing's given to you. And you're not entitled to nothing. And he thinks, you know... Uh, He's entitled to the... He thinks that he's in the same footsteps as, you know, the Conor McGregor's and the Floyd Mayweather's and Anthony Joshua's. But you don't understand these guys are superstars. He's just the star from Leeds. I just think he feels like he should be that kind of, you know, up there with them, but he's not. And that's the truth behind it. He, he's not... He's not... The only featherweight draw what, who was like that, who was massive, who could do anything... Where's Nassim Hamed? And you didn't see Nassim Hamed vacating no titles, did you? And and, and, and that's the truth, Gareth. You know, where they want to say what, whatever they want to say. But at the end of the day, Gareth, this game is not where you start, it's where you finish. And we'll, we'll just see, Gareth, he's vacated that title. God knows what they're going to do with him now. Where, who's he going to go and fight? Well, Ken Shu, Ken Shu, isn't it? That's what Eddie Hearn's looking at. So uh... and that's like 
that's like Liverpool Liverpool winning the Premiership last season and saying, yeah, we're not going to play the Premiership no more. What we're going to do, we're going to just win this FA Cup here. Yeah, we're gonna call. We're gonna say this FA Cup is a, you know, a massive title. It's not, you know, what's Kanzu got a regular title? Is that classified as a world title? No, it's not. You know, that's why the IBF wouldn't even give it a unification because you don't even classify that title as a big fight. It's like anything. It's like when you play in the Premiership. Yeah, you play some big teams and you play some little teams, and that's just how it is, Gareth. And that's the name of the game. When you know when. He's trying to put himself up with, you know, the Joe Kawasaki's and the Ricky Atten's and all these big stars who've come from England. For one, they've all travelled. They went to America to fight these big fights, which he won't do. Number two, you know, did Joe Kawasaki and Ricky Atten have a big fight every single fight? There wasn't, you know, how many, how many fights did, did, did Ricky Atten have before he boxed Mayweather or before he boxed Costa Zoo? He boxed about... 10 or 12 people that we didn't really know because that's just how it is, Gareth. You know, that's just the name of the game, you know. You can't fight, you can't have high-profile fight after fight after fight. It's just, it just doesn't doesn't work like that, Gareth. What does he want? He thinks he's going to have high-profile, high-profile, high-profile. It doesn't work like that, Gareth, you know. And, you you know, anyone who's been in the fighting game for a long time knows that's how it is. And your mandatories is the thing that you've got to do. You know, I've heard a lot of people saying, yeah, what he did was right, you know, because he doesn't really want to fight Kid Galahad. You know, what he's done was right. He might as well vacate that title. Well, if that's the case, then Anthony Joshua might as well vacate his titles and, and Tyson Fury and Canelo might as well vacate their title and just fight someone for, you know, I'm fine. Canelo might as well just fight, you know, Billy Joe for nothing because he's Billy Joe and he's Canelo. Would, would it sell as much? Of course it wouldn't. Would Anthony Joshua... Sell as big it would Anthony Josh against Tyson Fury be a bigger fight if it wasn't for unification? Of course, it wasn't. Or the undisputed, exactly. It's yeah. common sense, so doesn't matter what people say and try to you know sugarcoat it. What he did was wrong, and that's it. There you go. He's not backwards in coming forwards in what he's got to say, and we're looking forward to seeing him fight Jazza Dickens for a second time, but this time for the IBF Featherweight Championship of the World. Thank you very much for listening to us. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, doing the show. We are back on the radio at the weekend, but if you can't, come and join us there. Always come and join us on the podcast, so make sure you subscribe to Fight Night on iTunes or via the TalkSport website. We'll catch you next time. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.